Welcome to the Brainstorming with Da Vinci podcast, where we'll discuss how to amp up team collaboration and generate great ideas. My name is Eric Bow. I'm a veteran of leading over 1,000 brainstorming sessions. Over the years, I have run sessions for many clients, including Jeep, Aldi, Pure Michigan, and Shell Oil. Bottom line, I'm a guy who's passionate about leading teams to generate big ideas. My goal for this podcast is super simple. Share stories of best practices and how to maximize team collaboration and creativity. Before I begin this episode, I would like to cover a few housekeeping items. In the podcast, I'll share stories and discuss different methods that will give you a glimpse into the Da Vinci approach. If you want to immerse yourself in the approach, check out my book, Brainstorming with Da Vinci, on Amazon. The book is your ultimate guide to leading a successful brainstorming session. I also offer training to become proficient in the Da Vinci approach. To learn more, go to brainstormingwithdavinci.com for details. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the episode. All right, folks, let's talk about executive brainstorming. I have a special guest with me today, a person I've known throughout my career, Linda Taylor. Um, say hello, Linda. Hello, everyone. Hi, Eric. Hello. If you don't know Linda, she's the managing partner at Executive Rhythm, and she's been leading HR departments for over two decades. And most recently, prior to starting her own gig, she was a global HR lead both at GTB and at BBDO. So, Linda, glad you're here. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. COVID-free, finally. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. so we're going to talk about executive brainstorming. I've known you, I know you have done quite a bit of this in your career. So let's just kick it off with a very simple question. What type of executive brainstormings have you done? You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize how much brainstorming actually exists in the HR world. Um, people, especially in the advertising world, tend to think it's more of a, a creative kind of thing. But in fact, um, advertising agencies are well known for um, reorganizing. It's one of their favorite things to do. How can we be different and unique? So there's been a lot of brainstorming sessions over my career with Um, advertising executives specifically about how to structure an agency and set themselves apart from their competitors. That's that's one example, but also, you know, another big one is employee engagement. Uh, There's, it's typical that you would conduct uh, satisfaction surveys, and it's also typical that those surveys come back with a lot of frustration from the employee voice and then you know sitting around a table and trying to figure out how you can create a more uh, satisfying environment there's you know different programs and uh, you know just different ways of engaging people and keeping them um, satisfied and happy Um, and then there's things just as simple as diversity and inclusion you know that's always a topic on on any organization's mind Uh, i had uh, a client recently that i was working with that said they had no issues from from a recruiting standpoint they could bring people in the door but their challenge actually was how to retain people because you know within six months their people of color were were leaving the organization so we had a, a huge session on trying to identify what could be done to um, to keep those people in place. 
Yeah, I'm glad I brought that up because you've been doing your own gig now for um, a numerous years. So what besides DE&I, what other types of brainstorming are companies asking you to do? Are it typically the ones you mentioned or is there any other? No, there's definitely others. I mean, especially right now following, you know, the whole pandemic or ongoing pandemic, um, work from home has been a huge thing. Um, and, and there's various forms of that. So, for example, you know, initially it was how do you, you know, clients would ask, how do we keep people engaged when they're working from home? You know, what can we do to motivate and inspire when you're not physically in the office? So there was multiple sessions I had trying to, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the employee engagement and, and retention piece, but with a twist, because this is about how to, how to do it in a very different and unique way. And then now there's, you know, a mix of clients. Some have just completely adapted to the work from home structure and they're happy to allow people to do it. And that's become a very attractive selling point as people make decisions about their, their next job move and career. And there's other clients that are coming to me saying, we don't buy into that work from home theory. And in fact, we, we need people in the office. So now they're facing the, a new challenge of how do we win over that talent and bring them into um, into our organization? And but we're not offering them that that flexibility. So it's literally brainstorming. Okay, what what can you do? What can you do differently to set yourself apart, even though you're pushing people in the office? So that's interesting, Linda. The next thing I want to know is, is like when you do executive brainstorming, what are the challenges you have? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind is having the CEO or senior most person of an organization involved in the brainstorming really um, prevents or or stifles any free thinking um, that you'd like to you know you'd like to achieve because everyone wants to just nod and agree with what the CEO says, and so you know their their true ideas I think are. Um, are, are hidden or buried because because that person's in the room. I think it works a lot better when you have, you know, you can have the executive leaders who are all peers uh, together and, and talking about ideas and then bring the CEO in later. So it's, um, it's not as political. That's interesting. What other challenges do you run into? Lack of focus. Uh, you know, you have all different personalities with an executive team, just like you would with, with any group dynamic. And, you know, some people um, are very um, skilled at derailing a meeting just by, you know, I remember one executive I worked with for years ago that, you know, liked to be the smartest person in the room and he, she would start talking about a book they read trying to impress everyone and it would be a book that no one had ever heard of so then all of a sudden everyone's asking questions and it completely skews the the, the tone of the meeting and um, suddenly you're off track and then there's just you know people wanting to be politically correct i guess they you know they don't want to upset the apple cart so they're they're there and they're just you know nodding and agreeing and not actively participating which just isn't isn't helpful to getting to that great idea yeah that last one politically correct i've run into with myself doing executive brainstorming i was working with the michigan economic development corporation and we would bring in um, executives from different companies 
and it took a while or to get them to speak their mind because everybody didn't want to ruffle feathers they just wanted to you know be politically correct because these are people they knew and they didn't want to they didn't want to burn any bridges so that political correct one is very interesting let's shift gears for a second um, I should have stated this up front, but it was very interesting to Linda, besides the fact that um, I've known her for over two decades, is that she had a hand in creating some of these methods. So where I my background is primarily marketing, Linda's background being in HR really provided a nice balance. So when I would actually create these methods or write the book, Linda was a sounding board to say, okay, from an inter internal organizational standpoint, this is how the da Vinci method would apply. So this gets me to my last question, Linda. What are the different methods you used in executive brainstorming? So I, I think the most important thing is having the North Star, um, because without having that clear objective, it is almost guaranteed that the meeting will get derailed. People are gonna start going all over the map and you're, you're not going to accomplish anything. So having the North Star and keeping focus on, on what that is and what your objective is, is, is absolutely critical. Size matters. You know, I've seen brainstorming sessions where you have 20 people in the room and it's, again, just not productive because now all of those dynamics that we talked about earlier, those challenges, people who have lack of focus and, and the political thing, you've got Three times more of that to deal with, and and you just can't um, you can't get to the north star with that many people in the room. So I I believe it's really important to keep it to, you know, your ideal number, which you've said many times, seven, but at it's, least six to six to eight range is yeah. is my recommendation. Is there anything else? Oh gosh, of the methods, you know, um, I, I really um, working with you and, and um, giving input on the book. I've learned a lot about developing personas, um, and have started to implement that into my sessions now with clients because I think it's really helpful utilizing that method um, and and getting people to think about who they're trying to um, brainstorm about. That makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Getting the empathetic perspective, that depiction of who we're really brainstorming about, it becomes difficult for them to come up with ideas and get out of their own skin. So yeah, it makes total sense. One of them you brought up that I don't, in a way I think this may be a future method because I'm always looking to add things to help people with their brainstorming, is you sort of said this is one of the challenges. I sort of want to bring it up and riff on it a little bit. It's um, bring the leader in once the solution is coalesced is sort of, the language you're, you were using. It's more what my words than yours. Why don't you talk about that one a little bit? How does the leader bias the overall results you may, or overall ideas that people come up with in a session? Well, as you know, most leaders have a very strong point of view. So even though they you know, may have the best of intentions, bringing their team together to brainstorm, they often have already made up their mind on what the right solution is. And again, that because of the politics involved and their strong presence, it influences significantly the outcome of, of the session. So two things. One, you don't want to brainstorm without the leader's support and approval because then, you know, it could all be for not because 
you come back with an idea and they don't support it. However, if you can at least get them to agree in advance on what the North Star is and what is trying to, we're trying to accomplish, then you get the team together, they brainstorm and present the ideas to the leader after, after the brainstorming session. Um, to me, that's the most effective method. That's, that's excellent advice. I love that. I mean, my background is more on the creative side, and I, I always refer to it when a creative director had an idea stuck in his head and his team came in, and it wasn't brainstorming. It was almost like that leader was holding court to convince yes. everybody this is the only way we're going to do this, so let's brainstorm on it. Which yeah, is, a great way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous, but if you don't facilitate that or if you don't you know, architect that, the problem you run into really quick is everybody just gets frustrated. Right, and and if they have that strong point of view, and people start to, if they feel comfortable enough to share their ideas, and then they're immediately shut down, of course they retreat, and and they're not, you know, actively participating anymore. Another issue. You know what's interesting, and I know you know all these, but maybe our listeners don't, is one of the things when you run into that person holding court is maybe what we do is the method called the speed round. Mm-hmm. Where, where the whole thing, and you and I love this method, where what you do is the whole goal is in the end is to get as many ideas as you can out in 30 minutes. Right. As opposed to just going down a deep rabbit hole on one idea. And so the way it works is what you do is you have a timer and uh, or either through your phone or using one of those board game hourglasses, and you spend like three minutes on an idea, you go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. So when you have somebody holding court, they would actually just contribute their idea, but then we're going to go on to the next one. So they get their say in, they get their idea across, but then we don't fixate on the idea the rest of the time. Exactly, and and that is one of my favorite methods, um, as you know. Something about it seems so silly, but something about the like board game timer. Just you know, you suddenly feel that energy in the room of oh, I have to hurry up. I've got to I've got to get this out, and um, it just adds a fun and interesting dynamic. Yeah, I love it too for that reason. And don't misunderstand. It's like you get the ideas out, then you go back through them after the 30 minutes are up. So you still build them and stuff. But the whole point is it's sort of like speed dating for ideas. You just get them out there. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this puppy up? Um, No, I don't think so. I I just um, love brainstorming with DaVinci. I think it has helped me and my business tremendously. And my clients have, have really all appreciated the, the perspective that they gain by using some of the methods. So I love getting the word out there about it because I think it's, it's a really useful tool. Well, thank you for being on. And we're going to do this again soon. I already have some ideas of um, some other podcasts we can co-host and do. But thank you again for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And we'll be talking more. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Bye, everyone. Well, that wraps up this episode. First off, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe to future episodes on your favorite podcast service like iTunes, Anchor, or Google. Also, if you haven't already, pick up a copy of Brainstorming with DaVinci on Amazon. If you are interested in training on the DaVinci approach, go to brainstormingwithdavinci.com for details or reach out to me on LinkedIn. 
That's it for now. Until next time, this is Eric Bowe on the Brainstorming with Da Vinci podcast. Later, everyone. Thank you.